2: and the this thing you hear, If you don't like it, go to the
3: Welcome to another edition of Rewind Dynamite, which I'm gonna announce. This is where it all began. And I can a- Officially state that Rewind to Dynamite will never take place from the United Center in Chicago. Hello, Way.
0: Oh, wow. Wonderful.
3: I don't think take it an will. I don't think we'll ever do this show at the United Center. Do you think?
0: I think it's a pretty safe bet we, we won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not 0%. I think anything's possible,
3: but You're it's right. close to zero. Yeah. But I I don't know. I, I think it would be very, very small chance that that ever happens. How are you doing today?
0: Pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. I'm good.
3: How about you? Okay. Fine. The same exact straight line since Monday. I think that's, that's good. Yeah, I'll take it. Not, not better, not, than better, a, not, not uh, worse. Just good. Consistent. That's, that's fine. You shoot for your than, sevens. That's a good day. Better than a downward slope. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very true. I'll let you know if I hit a downward slope. I might this weekend with all this wrestling that's coming up, I might hit a downward slope by the time we're, uh, recovering on Monday.
0: You got to pace yourself, do your best, you know, get your recovery in.
3: What are you most looking forward to this weekend?
0: Uh, for me, it's it's double or nothing. You know, that's the biggest show of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, uh, it, like you're just talking about shows or, or particular matches,
3: uh, just uh, in general. Do you imagine, mm-hmm. like, how little do you think the attention? Because I don't think it will be zero, but what do you expect? the response to battleground to be on Sunday. Now that we are going into this weekend and this is directly head to head between the two, and there will be people watching battleground, but I think that this is one where, you know, we we don't get like some scorecard at the end of this. It's not like buys are going to be reported when you have a streaming event versus a pay-per-view, but what we do have to work on are, you know, Google trends and just anecdotal evidence online of people that are following the shows. And it would seem that I would say the, the large amount of the attention is going to be on double or nothing Sunday night. Uh,
0: You know, certainly I think for me, I think for anybody listening to this podcast right now, for anybody that might be even on my timeline, I think most of us will be paying attention to AEW and double or nothing. That's sort of like your, you know, a, uh, for lack of a better word, sort of like your, your majors. Um, Whereas NXT is still very much presented as sort of a a minor league, you know, promotion, um, that might attract some of the attention of people that are just kind of flipping through and wanting to watch some professional wrestling on Peacock, but for the most part, I I don't see it putting that much of a dent. I I don't see anything on the battleground gr- card being is, uh, deserving of I think that much more immediate attention as you know what what is available on Double or Nothing.
3: In two thousand and twenty four, will there be one Sunday or Saturday night where it will be a big WWE show and a big AEW show that go head to head yes not you're, the same you're, day you're, like you're directly head to head so are you speaking of collision or, or you mean a paper no no I'm talking about a a pay-per-view from AEW against a premium live event from WWE on Co- putting Sunday. collision aside because we know we'll get those
0: right okay also on a Sunday then
3: you know head to head yeah I guess depending on what AEW's Saturday night. Uh, pay-per-view schedule looks like next year if there are none if uh they just completely move to Sundays at at this point let's let's throw Mm -hmm. it out sure like a Sunday like would would AEW put a pay-per-view on the same night as a WWE premium live event would we see that in 2024 I don't know if it would necessarily be AEW's decision to
0: go head-to-head but I mean could a WWE more likely you know do the counter-programming like they have right now with Battleground it's possible I, I guess I just don't necessarily
3: know what other company would benefit from. If I don't if, think it would be a good idea, especially not for, for AEW. I think that would be, I mean, I don't even know what your bragging rights would be coming out yeah. of it. It would be, I just, I can't dismiss that we get at least one of those types of head-to-head battles at some point in 2024, unless there is some uh, what game, reason. Though it's not like it's not like you're trying to stamp out
0: this you know burgeoning act that you know um it, it might be attracting some attention some momentum but aew is already pretty firmly established at this point point. and so what's what's a one-off comp- competitive show from WWE really oh, going well, to why prevent? is this
3: show happening on Sunday I mean this is a great question I, mean, this, I don't know this this kind of stuff is not going to stop at like there's well, still going to be that that you put nxt program.
0: up against AEW, they can always they always have the excuse even if they lose of, of being able to say well it's just their developmental league we didn't really lose i think a, a a main main roster wwe show going up against
3: AEW, i feel like WWE has a lot more to lose um i think it's difficult because you are essentially like if we had knight of champions head to head with double or nothing that would hurt double or nothing that, I think that would really hurt Double or Nothing where you have a, uh, you know, for, for Peacock subscribers, like a fraction of the cost against Double or Nothing. It at, would
0: hurt. I think it would hurt Night of Champions.
3: It's It would hurt both. But I think that the pay-per-view is like certainly whatever Double or Nothing is going to do on Sunday night, it would be a bigger chunk taken out of it with an alternative that was airing head to head with it. That is on Peacock. That is the cheaper option. That is a major WWE show, which Night of Champions is battle yeah this is i think it's unfortunate because i think they've done a really good job building up the main event and you're right it's not as though they're they're losing anything on this but it is it is certainly going to be the secondary show on sunday night and i'm just curious like if there will be any talk of this show or if it's going to be a total afterthought among people because you're going to have a four plus hour event that's going to probably have the the lion's share of attention sunday
0: I'm more curious to see, like, how AEW will program a collision up against, you know, uh, a, a WWE PLE that, that, that's, that's going to happen every single month. Um, do they try to do something uh, special or do they just kind of throw up the flag and say, hey, like, we're probably not going to you know, attract significant attention away from a WWE PLE?
3: I guess the first example we will get is not Money in the Bank, because remember, Money in the Bank is airing live in primetime. In London, And therefore is an afternoon show. So the mm-hmm. first test will be SummerSlam. That is on a Saturday. And if you uh, remember, not just Collision, but also that Nate Diaz, Jake Paul fight is airing that night. So that's going to be an exceptionally busy night where Collision will be. I mean, I don't think that uh, Nate Diaz and Jake Paul would be fighting before 10 p.m eastern time but that is another thing that's going on that night um along with Summerslam. so august 5th would be the first time that we will see does aew build that to be kind of like a four-week build to that is like our big special for collision that you you promote something gigantic over several weeks to counter like what kind of a program do you expect of going against a very big show in summer slam
0: mm-hmm. yeah
3: well we have Lots of news to get into. Uh, I want to mention, as we are getting closer, we are not going to be counter-programming the Forbidden Door on June the 25th. Instead, we will be going earlier uh, with a big Forbidden Poor event taking place at Real Sports in downtown Toronto. Uh, Tickets have been moving very nicely, and we appreciate all those that have uh, picked up tickets. Still a limited amount left, and if you are in Toronto that weekend, do come down to Real Sports, 15 York Street, right across the street from the Scotiabank Arena, the site of Forbidden Door. Doors for us open at 3 p.m., and that will feature a Q&A podcast with myself and Way and many others of the post-wrestling family that will be live at Real Sports. And then go watch the pay-per-view, and afterwards, walk right back across the street for the after-party, because your ticket gets you back into Real Sports, and we will be going all night long into the early hours, Wei has said he is going to stay up all night, Sunday night. I did not say that. Oh, you didn't. Um, Oops, I misheard.
0: Yeah, I think you you may have said that you wanted to. You wanted us to stay up and close the, the event at the bar,
3: right? It would be fun to do our our pay-per-view review at 5 in the morning as we walk home.
0: I'm down for it. Yeah, those are my usual hours, but I, I'm it might be tough. I let's
3: go. Say. Let's go down the street from Real Sports. Let's let's jump on the uh, the CN Tower steps. Warm us up. We'll do I, it as we go up great. the stairs. How about that?
0: Uh, great idea. No, Never been off,
3: awful idea. Uh, but that is all happening on June 25th. Postwrestling.com/slash/live for your tickets. Thirty dollars gets you access before and after Forbidden Door, so you can uh, come in and. Share all your, your hopes and dreams of what this pay-per-view presents. And then afterwards, you can come back and you're, you'll either be really happy or really upset. I don't, I don't know which.
0: You could sing your heart out in karaoke. Maybe That's win it. some prizes. A lot of great prizes we got lined up too through, through our trivia and karaoke and all, all, all manner of things. Just a whole day with post-wrestling and AEW for forbidden Door. So join us, postwrestling.com slash live.
3: We'll jump into the news items and we will be discussing the big location of collision but up first uh this was a passing earlier this week that i just want to make mention of peggy lee leather who is a name i don't know how many people are familiar with but she was sort of a a journey woman wrestler uh that started off in 1980 and she wrestled for the wwf for several years up until 1985 and this was sort of one of their i guess first real um they went in these waves of promoting women's wrestling and this was one of them uh you know, in the early 80s, when they did introduce the first time that they introduced the women's tag titles, uh, she teamed with with various performers, including uh, Wendy Richter and Leilani Kai, Vivian St. John, and uh, re- wrapped up there in about 1985. She was trained by Mula and Joyce Grable. And then she just went to a lot of different territories. She went to Florida. She had Stinson Stampede, went over to Japan for All Japan Women and JWP, had a few shots with, with WCW, a uh, couple of one-offs, and then went to the AWA. And there she took part in Super Clash 3, which was a uh, a legendary uh, pay-per-view, if you can put uh, legendary in quotation marks, and participated in a street fight lingerie battle royal have you ever seen this match way this was not proposed don't think so maybe this could have been the challenge for orange cassidy a lingerie Um, street fight battle royal i don't think i reviewed this one with you no you did not you did with arda this was one i did with arda yes he i said you can pick any event you want because way's gone and he chose super clash three and it was um it was super and it featured that match on it and then she was part of the uh The revival of Women of Wrestling, um, this was one of many revivals in 2000, which, much like the current uh, Women of Wrestling that airs, like a great syndication package. I mean, this was a very accessible show, and she traded in the name Peggy Lee Leather, and she became Thug. And this also included uh, (laughs) another memorable pay-per-view she was a part of, and that was uh, WOW Unleashed in February of 2001, a god-awful show, and uh, she wrestled on that show against Selena Majors in a steel cage match and then came back. She wrestled her last match on another WOW Endeavor in 2013. That was her last match, and uh, Slam Wrestling, they were the first ones to report on her passing. Uh, Greg Oliver has a story on her as well. So uh, rest in peace to Peggy Lee Leather, who died at the age of 64 earlier this week it is conference season and Nick Khan is hitting the circuit going out. And the latest one, JP Morgan, again, no spaces in that, the J the JP Morgan TMT conference. They're not big on separating uh, letters, names, but we were here uh, to check on the latest from Nick Khan. And as always, he had plenty to talk about and he is selling some television programs. So one of the questions, uh, you know, we had we had been led to believe that both Ron Smackdown had 30 day exclusive negotiating windows and that the negotiating windows began right around WrestleMania time. So he was asked about these negotiating windows. So here is uh, Nick Khan giving a, a bit of a lengthy answer on how the negotiations are going for Ron and Smackdown and who is able to uh, make their proposals known to WWE.
2: We're just out of the exclusive window with uh, Fox. We're still in the window with NBCU. Uh, conversations with both have gone phenomenally well. Uh, what we're trying to balance here is getting the maximum value for what we consider these media rights to be. Five years ago, and keep in mind, past is the past, as everybody knows, uh, and these numbers are public, there was a uh, almost a 4x jump up in terms of the US media rights. We're certainly not expecting anything like that here but we're expecting something great. Uh, we think our product has over-delivered on USA. If you look at it, we don't have the ratings yet from last night, uh, but we go up against all 18 weeks of the NFL regular season uh, in a world where there's legalized gambling proliferation, where Disney has a better Monday night football package than it has previously, um, in addition to getting a wild-card Monday night game, which this year was, if I'm recalling it correctly, uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady against the Dallas Cowboys. So that was the top game of the week. We go up against all of that, plus the college football national championship, plus the college basketball national championship. Uh, and we're doing about a .6 in the 18-49 to 49 demo uh, on USA consistently. If you look at the ratings on USA, that's 3X, the number two show there. So considering the high sub fees that USA continues to get, which they deserve, we think WWE is a big part of that. In terms of Fox, if you look about their, at their pivot post-Disney transaction into live and into sports, we think that we fit in quite well there. Um, and we'll see if there's more to build with these two entities. At the same time, we're always in touch with all of the buyers in the marketplace about what they're looking for. If you look at the NBA situation, my belief is the NBA are going to split the rights, which are now split two ways between Warner Brothers Discovery and Disney, that they could split them four to five ways. Um, And we think that's good for everybody. So we followed the NBA's playbook five years ago in wanting to not have one exclusive partner for Raw and SmackDown and to split them again uh, two ways. And now we're looking at the marketplace uh, in its totality and thinking there might be more options than even that.
3: So a bit of a longer answer there. First of all, I do like some of the evolution we're getting in the the Nick Khan photos for different stories a lot there's not too many photos of him out there a lot have been left to the sit down he did with Ariel Hawani a few years ago but that one that we had on the site I really like this one because this was when he was interviewed by Colin Coward and we've got his barbecue set up in the in the background so this
0: is his home we know
3: I think this is Colin cow I I don't know where this was to be quite honest um this was when he was interviewed by the the grill It was, look, at, look at that thing. I mean, yeah, look,
0: look at the number of dials on this thing.
3: Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. I wonder what the what the X increase was on the previous barbecue. What was the escalation <laughs> rate? Um, first of all, I think Nikon has probably given that speech many, many times privately over the last uh, two months uh, that he was given publicly there, but Interesting to hear him state, number one, his we think is usually I know. Uh, So when he he says he thinks that the NBA rights could be going uh, four or five ways, the man is not just throwing out guesses uh, with with something like that. But interesting to hear him state that, number one, they like the idea of Ron Smackdown going separate ways. So that would certainly caution you against the idea of NBC Universal taking all of the programming inside. Um, You know, you could distribute it elsewhere but it seems not only do they look at Raw and smackdown being separate but with their programming like even more than that which i don't know how that would work out if you're talking about nxt if you're talking about new programming maybe nick cons presents lucha libre is getting a look from other broadcasters that are out there but in terms of the windows so with uh raw they are in the they are still in the exclusive negotiating window fox and smackdown they are not so they can you can see why they are you know sort of getting more aggressive with smackdown and talks are going phenomenal but we couldn't come to an agreement during this exclusive negotiating window so i don't know what phenomenal means to me phenomenal would be like hey this is what we want to offer you that's amazing that's exactly what we want that would be phenomenal Uh, we're not spending all this time talking about it but it's it's so phenomenal we're going to take other offers from other people it's like you you proposed right. to me, way you want to marry me, and I—that's phenomenal. But let me just play the field and see what my options are before I commit <laughs> to uh, walking down the aisle with you. But it's going. Your proposal was phenomenal. Well, what if
0: we had a great chat prior about grills? You know, and, and 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 barbecues and uh propane. You know, it could be a great chat, regardless, but maybe you just you just might come to a, a little bit of a disagreement or at least a temporary hold on discussions at some point. So yeah, you're saying I they mean, need to raise the stakes. Exactly. Yes. Maybe a, a little lo- you know, a little bit of seasoning on a on uh, on the current deals to see. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, this is all kind of some public posturing from from Nikon um, with very much, I think, in mind negotiations, but also in mind investors in the stock price. And of course, anything that makes it sound like a lot of people are in the running for this, uh, per- these particular deals is going to be beneficial. Um so um, I, I, I don't know how much like new information we necessarily had other than maybe the knowledge that uh, the Fox deal has been up, but but the U.S.A. deal is still in the exclusive window, although that's probably going to end up uh, running out um, before we hear the end of this particular story. Um, but it's, it's always interesting to try to dissect what a Nikon interview truly means.
3: We're going to play one more clip from Nikon, and this is, in regards to the third hour of raw and Nikon has it was asked about this recently on uh, the earnings call about potentially getting uh, more risque in the third hour. So here's Nikon about some of their talks when it comes to uh, that 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock Eastern portion of raw
2: raw is three hours. We don't anticipate that changing, but there's internal conversations on the 10 to 11 hour. What do we do with that? Do we make it a little more adult friendly since on Monday nights, Most kids, certainly my kids, are supposed to be in bed by 10 o'clock. So uh, to make it a little more uh, adult theme is something that we're discussing internally. Right now, 40% of our audience are women. And 50% of the folks who attend our live events attend with someone under the age of 18. So we want to make sure that we keep our base happy while we expand it. We think that's an opportunity. We also think after we're settled on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, as we talk through new nights of the week and new content – Is that something we could do with an additional show?
3: On that note, so this is one thing that kind of gets me is, you know, our our base. We don't want to upset our base. Number one is that, okay, 40% of our audience is women. I don't think women necessarily have an opposition to adult-themed programming if they want to go that way. And when it comes to kids, their giant spike with kids was when this was the most raunchy. Of shows as well so i mean you can certainly to me the question is your your advertisers and how do they feel about your content taking on a, more of an edgier tone in that third hour uh that to me would be the question more than necessarily i i don't think it would turn off kids and i don't think it would turn off women either
0: well what is the goal of of going edgier for a, a 10 to 11 do they do they want to attract uh, younger males? Is, is is that the idea? What what is the idea behind even suggesting? I think it?
3: they have tried so hard to maintain that second hour audience in hour three, and no matter what they put in the third hour, it falls. And this is mm-hmm. their latest experiment: is if we make it its own hour that has its distinct characteristics. That's our latest attempt. Can that offset? natural burnout that we have seen over the course of uh 11 years of this three-hour raw that it typically it historically with the two-hour raws your audience would peak for the end of the show because that's when the big angle would happen and you would have the overrun segment and at Mm -hmm. this point it's the second hour as we're currently seeing the trends that's the big hour and then it's a precipitous drop in the third hour so if we spice it up in hour three would that would that be able to keep people's attention for an extra hour? I think that would be their goal.
0: Right. Yeah. No. And, and it's understandable why, why they'd be um, looking at uh, ideas. I, I guess um, I, I question whether or not, you know, going more adult themed is, is any sort of solution. Um, I feel like they, they made half-assed attempts at, you know, a raw underground or um, things like that, that, that might, be uh, that might have been headed towards
3: that sort of direction. Like, what, what exactly would adult theme even mean? It you know, means Cody meet? comes out at the first hour and says, "Hey, Seth Rollins, I want a title match." And if he doesn't get an answer, he comes out at ten thirty. He says, "Hey, asshole, I want a title match." Right. It's yeah. all within the same show. So it's like these characters suddenly they just get raunchy yeah. after a certain hour.
0: Yeah. I, I, like maybe Cody comes out and, and he's like, boy, do I have something to say to you, but I'm going to wait until the third hour where we don't have a, you know, a, a TV 14. Bring rating back the whatever. Cody
3: countdown clock.
0: That's it. Yeah. Cody
3: goes uncensored at 10. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think any sort of like attempt at like being promoting something to be more risque just usually to me fails flat. Like Storytelling, good storytelling, good professional wrestling, just a good product. I think is all you need. It's not about you know a movie rating. It's not about gore. It's not about like you know all these sort of gimmicks. Just just they don't do that. They don't
3: do any of this blood and gut stuff,
0: right? Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, three hours is a challenge. Three hours is a challenge, regardless. You know, and I, I at this point, I still don't think they found a solution for it yet. Um, on a weekly basis to maintain people throughout those three hours. Uh, it's interesting also to hear Nick Conn, like kind of publicly talk about these ideas without, you know, any sort of like concrete sort of a uh, decision um, just to kind of what, like create some headlines or maybe to give people the impression that they recognize that this is an issue that they want to improve on.
3: Yeah. And I, I think like uh, th- th- there was a time that I think that this would have resonated with a certain part of your fan base that felt disillusioned where the product had gone. And I don't, I don't sense that tone at all like there was a point where people were so so upset about the move to pg and i thought that was such a short-sighted complaint that people were really missing the mark that pg was not handcuffing them from putting on compelling television and under the Mm -hmm. same restraints they've been producing generally pretty good television over this past year and Mm -hmm. the rating has not been a a problem it's It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you can you can introduce adult themes. It does come a little heavy handed when you're outright stating it. It's like me stating, well, in about 20 minutes, I'm going to be funny. Like, well, how about how about you let me know when I'm funny and I'm not going to tell you when I'm being funny?
0: again like what exactly other than gore and violence and and maybe the promise of like i don't know pg-13 nudity what exactly is adult themes you know what are you going to talk about taxes you're you going to talk about like you know um i don't know uh the debt ceiling drugs what the debt ceiling what? the debt uh, ceiling yeah are you going to talk about steroids in the third hour i mean those would be some seriously adult themes
3: coming up at the end of the show vince mcmahon will announce if he's backing trump or desantis for the primary <laughs> that would be quite that could be a tough
0: choice that would be a hook for me i I would stick around to listen to that paul kogan addresses his history in the third hour come and check us out yeah
3: paul (laughs) kogan addresses his speed bump
0: exactly yeah um i i don't know i don't know if this is just kind of nikon throwing shit out there seeing what sticks seeing what attracts attention i mean certainly it, it attracted a little bit this time
3: Again, he's very calculated with this. I don't think this is him just spitballing this. And he has brought this up in the past, like not all that long ago. I'm sure it's beyond just the throwing it out there phase. But it, it's one that I, I, I don't know if, it, if it's one to put too much uh, stock into that. It would be some game changer for them. Uh, the last uh, comment here, uh, we, we don't have a clip for this, but he did state and uh, Brandon Thurston did a great job on his uh, Patreon recapping these notes, stating we're still open to a third hour for SmackDown. That's right. I did not misspeak for SmackDown Fox mm-hmm. as it's currently constituted is a two hour prime time. So that's the deal that Fox wanted to do four or five years ago. And uh, Brandon wrote that he made it clear that raw or SmackDown could be moved to any night of the week. He again noted, Amazon wants to program different nights of the week. So he is very much flying the flag of Amazon and the flexibility of Ron Smackdown onto different nights and expanding Smackdown to a third hour, which to me was inevitable that that would come up in, in these talks that we spoke about during the, the last set of clips uh, last week. So those are some of the, uh, the more interesting notes and also looking at the idea of a long term goal of all of their premium live events being attached to site fees. And that's the natural direction they're going in Mm -hmm. and stating that they can pair these up, these premium live events with markets where the television deals are coming up, getting uh, key people to attend the shows. And mentioning that with the Canadian deal coming up, they were just at Elimination Chamber and Sami Zayn was in the main event and said, one of the advantages we have is that we can cast the protagonist in his hometown. It's like, this is wild. You have the control of going to a market, building up expectation behind that hometown hero, and we can control that. But he mm-hmm. did not bring up the amount of heat that they have given up by by not just having him embarrassed in, in his hometown either. I mean, that is... Right. A bit of a different philosophy here it's like this light bulb went off it's like wait a minute this is great you're telling me we could have a conor mcgregor in ireland and we don't have to gamble that he's gonna lose a fight on the way to getting that big fight in ireland we can control Hmm. the outcomes we can build someone up for their market this is earth-shattering news to me
0: i i i think somebody should tell all the professional wrestling bookers out there that this is possible now
3: all right. That's, that, that's our Nick Con bit uh, for, for the evening. Um, do you want to chat at all about Hulk Hogan or do we, do we? Uh... Yeah, let's do it. He was on the, he was on the MMA hour today and it was, as always, it's an interesting interview from Hulk Hogan and where, where truth begins and Hulk Hogan ends is an impossible calculation to make, but he was asked about, you know, this past decade and if it's tarnished, Uh, his legacy. And if he had concerns about uh, these events, uh, namely the, the video where he made uh, multiple uh, racist comments of it, erasing his legacy. So this was the answer that he gave uh, to Ariel Helwani. Uh, Yes.
0: One second. There was a temporary situation with the surgeries and some of the racial stuff that went down that, you know, it was a speed bump, you know, but that's not who I was and everybody knew that. So you know, it was a tough time, but uh, the main thing that really got me were the surgeries over the last 10 years, you know. Um, that was the the thing that was in question. You know, when you come out of a back surgery and someone tells you you're never gonna walk again, that'll really screw your head up, mm. you know, as far as getting kind of momentum back. Um, the rest of the stuff, I had a bunch of people on my side. I had a huge support system. And, uh,
3: you know, people that knew, knew me stuck with me, you know. And it's just been amazing to
2: see how the fans have stayed with me.
3: So that was Hulk Hogan. And he was asked, as a follow-up, do you have any regrets? He said, yes. And Ariel said, do you care to share them? And he stated, using the leg drop. That was his (laughs) regret. Which, I mean, he has consistently stated that. But my God, was the door open for him to just give a, a heartfelt, uh, honest regret yeah. that he has. And it was using the leg drop and how it screwed up his back. He would have used the sleeper hold instead yeah. because he had the the large arms and that would have been a better finisher to use, uh, after all these years. And listen, I, I would think that he does not want to go into this and the headline comes out that, uh, and re- revisiting all of this, but to me pairing like the last 10 years, the worst you know, yeah, the, the racial stuff, but it's those surgeries as well. Like, I don't think they really belong in the same column. Like certainly the surgeries have done a number. This guy has been through hell with his health, but a completely different situation than uh, the, the racist comments. And, you know, and people have brought this up, like why this sticks with Hogan so much. And I think it's because I don't think anyone has seen a certain level of kind of acknowledgement and ownership uh, of this. And I Mm -hmm. think it's like, here's somebody that at the same time, like he is back with WWE. He is able to go out and and do all these different things. Like his, he has been welcomed back by those that uh, adore this guy. It's not as though he's some recluse and that this video ruined his career. I think there's many people that would like to uh, be behind a Hulk Hogan, but have not been satisfied with kind of, how he has just kind of brushed this aside and with with the belief it will go away. And therefore when a comment like this comes out, I think it just brings everyone back to 2015 and the handling of the whole fallout of that.
0: Yeah. The the backstage sort of a a report that took place of him basically being sorry that he got caught um, and not necessarily for the things he said. I'm, I, I, I'm. I just. I'd have to laugh, John, because um, I I probably shouldn't be expecting anything more from Terry Bollea at this point. I mean, it's been a long time. You'd figure, like, um, I think some level of um change might have been take ta- take taking place within him. And and this is something like if you read those comments, this is something he should be using every opportunity for the rest of his life to atone for publicly. And instead, he's continuing to try to shove it underneath the carpet to minimize its impact and its effects on a great deal of his audience. And he deserves, I think, all the criticism he continues to still get um, because he refuses to really have that dialogue with the audience and with the public to really confront what had happened.
3: Yeah, and uh, and I give credit for Ariel bringing that up and not just, um, you know, doing a, a, like a wrestling interview, but uh, bringing it up because it's not like this guy is um, asked about it all all that often. um, And and it comes up, but I mean, he's also, I mean, it sounds insane. The guy is turning 70 this summer and he was uh, doing the whole never say never about doing another match, which sounds utterly insane, but stated that uh, Shane McMahon was trying to get him to come back for another match. And he said, well, let's, let's see in six months how my back is doing and noting that next year is the 40th anniversary of him beating the Iron Sheik. Uh, I I think it would be uh, insanity, the idea of this guy uh, doing a match, but I would have said the same about Ric Flair last year. So uh, I would say in WWE, I would say uh, like a near 0% chance that that would be uh, happening. But I mean, stranger things have happened in professional wrestling uh, as a whole. If the man was a dead set on doing it, I just, I like his back has been so thrashed that the idea of this guy doing another match is, is frightening to be quite honest.
0: Well, what's a match, right? Brett came back for a match, you know, after a stroke, and he could just be standing on an apron during a tag team match. Come in, um, probably won't deliver. Be won't be delivering many. legs. And do drops, the leg drop. But maybe a big boot. Maybe his, you know, uh, he debuted sleeper. Bowline. Yeah, an axe bomber, perhaps. You know, so but he should have taken, it he
3: should have gone with that axe bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, final things here. Super juniors. Uh, we are down to the final four on Tuesday show. Um, definitely an upset with, with Teton defeating his LIJ stablemate, Hiromu Takahashi. Um, and one with the, the Yave Immortal his his version of the Muda lock. So Hiromu is out. And then speedball, Mike Bailey won the block entirely beating Leo rush in a really great match with the Flamingo driver. So speedball is number one and Teton number two, And then today's show saw El Desperado win the block after submitting Robbie Eagles. And then Master Wato advances after beating Kevin Knight uh, because Yo lost to Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who was the spoiler. So the semifinals will see Speedball Mike Bailey against Master Wato and El Desperado against Teton. And to me, this continues New Japan's uh, booking of 2023, where this. I would say if you were looking at this, could you have seen Desperado and Speedball in the final four? Yes. Could I have seen Master Wato and Teton? And more importantly, not Hiromu in the final four? That was definitely surprising. So I think this is a very uh, captivating final four. Desperado has really turned it up in these last couple of matches. Speedball has been excellent throughout. Master Wato needs to win this thing and destroy his outfit, rename himself, and uh, dye his hair. That's that's what I'm hoping for. The end of Master Watto.
0: Winners should get a makeover. That should be what's at stake.
3: Uh even Teton. Sure. Yeah, he, new a uh, fresh mask? Uh he could. Maybe he can rebrand himself as a Teton Sports. He could. Yeah, possible. Who's your pick? Who's going to win this thing? Oh man. Um I don't think sp- Speedball already beat Hiromu. I don't think you need to go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that means Watto upsets him or you put speedball in the final, but I would, I would state that uh, probably Desperado and Watto are my, my, I cannot see Teton winning this one, but the new Japan has surprised me this year. I mean, we got Yoda Suji headlining dominion in a few weeks. So nothing is out of the possibility. Yeah. I,
0: I I guess I would go, go with Desperado um, because a pre-makeover Watto, maybe I don't necessarily see getting that top spot.
3: All right, and uh, Raw, 1,638,000 viewers, 0.54 in the demo. Not quite the uh, the 0.6, as uh, Nikon has, has been noting, but cl- close enough. They, they had a very low opening hour, third lowest first hour of the year, and uh, their this was their third lowest viewers of the year, but only a two-week low in 18 to 49. It was their older audience that was down this week with 35 to 49 and 50-plus, uh, and this was up against a huge... Uh, Denver Nuggets L.A. Lakers game that did 8.2 million viewers. So I'm sure the NBA is ecstatic that the Lakers are gone. And uh, there was also a NHL game doing uh, 1.5 million viewers. So uh, and a very low final hour as well as the Lakers Nuggets game was wrapping up. NXT on Tuesday, 578,000 viewers, 0.16 in the demo. So small increase in viewers, but a 14% jump in uh, 18 to 49. And it was a case of men in the demo they highest since April 25th, but women 18 to 49 lowest since April 4th. So a uh, different pattern there among the 18 to 49 demo. This was against the uh, Miami heat, Boston Celtics game that did six and a half million viewers and the Dallas stars against ways team, the Las Vegas golden Knights that are inching closer hmm. to the Stanley cup final. And tonight's NHL game actually is, uh, Oh, look at this. So tonight If Florida wins, if the Florida Panthers beat the Carolina Hurricanes, then Rampage is on Friday night. If the Hurricanes win, then Rampage is on Saturday night. Uh, This coming from uh, Dave Meltzer. So it is 3-3 with 40 seconds left in the third period. So we're probably going to overtime. So that means we might get the breaking news here on Rewind to Dynamite of what night is Rampage on. Because if you notice tonight, they had to plug it as Rampage this week. Yeah. Yeah. they couldn't it's, promote a night they didn't know
0: it's been really difficult for that show and, and the, the stature of that show this coupled with the news of, of collision essentially kind of taking that second slot um i feel terrible for all the programs that have been exclusively built on rampage and not dynamite you know like taya versus jade for instance um it's 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 been rough goings for
3: that show they're lucky dynamite just could stay consistent on TBS and that that Mm -hmm. didn't get bounced around had that been on TNT uh, a couple of years ago. So tonight's show was at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, which tomorrow, May 25th, is the four-year anniversary of the very first Double or Nothing in this building. Wow. The rival okay. of John Moxley, that ladder match with uh, the Lucha Brothers against the Young Bucks, the first AEW show ever. So kicking off tonight, we had three title matches on the show, uh, beginning with Orange Cassidy against Kyle Fletcher for the International Championship. Orange Cassidy destroyed. He's coming into this with every injury Known to man, as he has made 21 consecutive title defenses at going for number 22. And Kyle Fletcher's game plan was to pile drive this guy so many times that he would have a broken neck by the end of it. He was caught with a beach break on the floor, but then Fletcher comes back with a spinning sit out Michinoku driver. And Cassidy hits his own brain buster and then Fletcher rolls through, hits another Michinoku driver and then one off of the turnbuckle delivered to Cassidy. He goes for the Grimstone, but it's countered into a swinging DDT. Orange Cassidy uh, takes a super kick to the hand affecting his orange punch hand and then Fletcher lifts and it's countered with a cross-legged roll-up by Cassidy in 15 minutes and five seconds, making his 20-second title defense. But afterwards, we get the Aussie Open is all elite graphic from Tony Khan. So even in defeat, they have scooped up the now former IWGP Tag Champions and Strong Tag Champions.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess the week started off with pretty bad news for Aussie Open, but I mean, hey, a few days in, uh, not only did they get this graphic, but Kyle Fletcher had quite the tv appearance here i thought the match match was very good yeah i thought it took wonderful advantage of the ongoing cassidy injury story even before the match starts you had fletcher basically seeing blood in the water and just he's immediately going for the attack going for the kill and he it, it, it was a great excuse for him to show his incredible intensity and fire i thought he looked incredibly comfortable in there on as a single star on a stage like this felt very confident and all his moves looked very clean. And again, the fire was really strong. Um, I think Cassidy too was wonderfully portrayed. You know, he was not afraid to go for the count out finish. Um, he's desperate to win basically at this point, because he's hanging on by a thread and it's, it's a very unique take on a title run. And I think it's made even like what essentially is sort of like a throwaway TV t- title, def- like defense before the pay-per-view it even makes this compelling, so man, Fletcher gained a whole lot from this, I thought, um and Cassidy continues to do wonderful things with this title run i'm i'm I, I think it's been fantastic,
3: very similar to Mark Davis in the new japan cup when uh when he's uh ended up moving on and had some excellent singles matches, so it just gives you that capability with Fletcher and Davis beyond just uh being tied together as a unit, but obviously that's a big pickup for aew and with the added television, um, you know, hopefully they will have plenty of showcase.
0: Yeah. Fifel reported that um, uh, uh, Davis's surgery was paid for by Tony Khan, even before they were signed. So I'm, I'm sure that, you know, played really well with, with the two of them. Um, but I, even without that, I think AEW is a really great choice continues to still be for any sort of tag team. The amount of matchups that are available for them are pretty limitless right now. And um, does that, you know, continue to open the relationship with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling? Do they get to stay a part of the, you know, United Empire? Uh, Maybe a potential trios with Will Ospreay, you know, eventually down the road as well. So all these opportunities are still out there for storytelling and great matches.
3: Yeah, and it probably takes the the rush to get the FTR match like Mark Davis being back for forbidden door would seem pretty touch and go and that's a pretty he did say like it would be sooner than we think right the well the it's return. like it, it was like arthroscopic surgery and we're talking about like four weeks until that pay-per-view but I mean that might be a bit soon yeah. it's it it's tough like people have come back um in that time frame but it's Again, you have them under contract now. It's like you could do it by then, but if they're already in AEW, like there's there's no rush to have to do it on that date. You could save it for something, something larger and you can build up to it more on television. Renee interviewed Ricky Starks, who is in the Blackjack Battle Royal. And by the end of tonight, we only know Cassidy and Starks. There was no announcement of anyone else. You can make guesses that you would assume Jay White and Juice Robinson are in this because they attacked Starks and state that they're never going to get rid of them and they threw him into an equipment box beat him with a chair and said that he is not done yet with bullet club gold Mm mm-hmm uh, you know like i said last week I, I think jay white has
0: been really underutilized in a speaking capacity during this this run in aew um tonight you got to hear him say a little bit in a backstage setting during this attack he's very electric and very charismatic when he speaks and i just wish this this segment or this feud up until this point especially with somebody on the other end like a ricky stark i just wish that they gave these two the time to just cut promos back and forth on each other for at least one segment live in front of an audience i think that would have done a whole lot more than anything up until this point so i mean it's a match um yeah the way seal of approval it's a match i'm sure it'll be good but man let's let's
3: you know i'm not exactly like the, the hottest for this program the next segment was our first of the four pillars speaking with their go home promos beginning with jack perry this was a taped uh interview a sit down where he was talking about driving to Las Vegas all these years and how he used to wrestle at a casino right down the street and mentions driving here for the first double or nothing during a really challenging time. This being the first double or nothing was just two months after his father died. And last year leaving here with Christian cage, not, not aware of what was about to happen between them. And this ring gives him a purpose and, allows him to live the life he chooses and on monday when i drive home on that same road i'll be doing it as aew world champion something tells me that will not be happening but he seems very set on that goal
0: i haven't looked at betting lines for this but i i imagine they're probably um positioning jungle boy as the person with the lowest chances um i I, I would say this whole program has kind of shown that he is definitely the weakest of the four on the microphone. We all kind of knew that going in, but this was his chance to see just exactly how far he was from the rest of the pack. And I would say he still has a long ways to go to match up with, you know, uh, uh, the likes of a Sammy or Darby and especially an MJF. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't have to be MJF in order to be a successful potential top guy he just he needs to connect with the crowd in other ways and he clearly already does that through his in-ring performances but i do think at this point in order for somebody to be believable as a top guy he does have to improve but he's working hard you can tell you know he's really kind of getting out of his comfort zone for these sort of uh uh, performances these these sort of promos i should say this one i thought was well scripted it's just a delivery that i think needs work
3: it's just they need him and like, even like Sammy Guevara. It's been really tough to do the babyface uh, promos. And for Jack Perry, it's just going to take more repetition for these mm-hmm. guys to find their voice. And, you know, he's being asked to deliver like a main event, go home promo. And he's just not there yet. Um, the odds, if you're curious, Jack Perry is the biggest underdog at plus 800. Sammy Guevara plus 600. Darby Allen plus 500. MJF minus 5,000. Seems about right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like, no, there's really is no, that, no is chance. Is that going to impact people's overall interest? It, like, this is, I would say, the number two match on the show. Is the lack of a believable challenger going to, to hurt that? Or do, do you think that it's enough that this is probably going to be an unbelievable match, and it is yeah. for three fresh names in a main event setting along with MJF? I do think it
0: hurts, sort of like the um, the, the 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 sort of um, uh, I don't know aura of, of a match like this feeling like an actual main event, and it's it, it it might be on on paper, but we all know like the hook for this particular show is going to be anarchy in the arena, and I think it was destined to be that from the get go when you have names like you know the BCC and, and, and the Elite and that stipulation headlining the show, um, but. Again, this is to boost the perception uh, and, and an investment for your future with these four guys. So in that sense, we can talk about later whether or not that's been successful. But I also don't think this is expected to do the heavy lifting the way an Anarchy Arena is.
3: No, tonight it was very clear that that is the promoted main event of this show, regardless of its placement. FTR come out and uh, Cash is running down Jeff Jarrett and says that FTR, um, you know, they've been outsmarted. But Lethal and Jarrett, they're good. But you've also been lucky and your luck runs out Sunday. Dax says that Jared attached his name to the best tag team in the world. But the tag team championships aren't going to a bunch of TNA rejects. So you might want to call, call the queen of the mountain for job security. And I'm not talking about your bitch of a wife. I'm talking about Dixie Carter. And Taz mm. said, I liked what they said. I liked what they said.
0: <laughs> Goodness.
3: Um. So when, when is Dixie showing up? Is she the next one to <laughs> randomly pop up on AEW programming as the new manager for Sabu, maybe? Uh, maybe. Clearly, there's plenty of room in this Jay Lethal,
0: um, you know, Jeff Jarrett stable. So why not get everybody involved? Maybe um, uh, S- Sarge? Surge. 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 Yeah, maybe Surge. Surge can make an appearance, throw in, you know, the, the uh, country singer as well
3: um swag surge needs to show up so aj can get his heat back after surge knocked him out remember (laughs) that we laid him out the
0: punch bring in claire lynch all of Ace's and aids i mean if this stable's identity identity is going to be you know uh an XTNA stable then sure why not um yeah no anytime you bring in a name name like dixie i i think it's going to get a decent reaction from this crowd
3: mark briscoe walks out cash says we went to hell and back three times with you and your brother last year sunday we're gonna go to hell and back for you briscoe says that after what we've been through we're blood brothers for life but what was that pile driver about dax apologizes he couldn't see he says shake my hand like a man and mark swats it away and the crowd can't believe this so then mark slaps dax and Mark exits, shoves Karen away, then shoves Dutt away, and he slaps Jeff Jarrett on the way up, looks at Jay Lethal, and just gives him a look. He says, We're boys, but I'm tired of this bullshit. And he goes to the back. I I I like Mark Briscoe in the in the segment. I usually hate, hate, hate the referee and what allegiance will he have in the match. But I thought mm. that this was laid out in a clever enough way that it was um. Intriguing. Like I'm I don't know if this is going to be uh the show stealer on Sunday, but I think it will be well put together given who you have like Jared and Lethal, they're a very good team and they're in yeah. there with ftr that i i think that this will more than hold up its end on sunday
0: i think i think this could certainly be a sleeper and i don't even know if i should be saying that with you know ftr in the ring um i think the story and angle are are kind of ridiculous you know especially the errant pile driver which i still can't really kind of get over (laughs) like how somebody could just
3: i did it to the mailman the other day i was like i was waking up i was kind of groggy and boom went right through my patio if i was mark briscoe i would have plenty of right to be
0: suspicious of of uh, dax's uh, true true reasons i think but, the um, audience
3: was leaning towards that at the end like from believing it was this mistake to at the end like if they're choosing they're going with mark over the words of dax harwood
0: yeah absolutely um but i think mark continues like mark briscoe continues to be incredibly charismatic and fun to watch in what limited appearance he continues to have um i hope coming out of this he gets like a really solid singles program or even a tag team program uh, for himself
3: Renee interviewed Sammy Guevara, and she mentions that the offer still stands from MJF that if he lays down, he would receive the payment. But Sammy Guevara turns it down. He's not for sale. He had old bosses that offered him promotions but said he would have to live in the real world and grow up. I want to know what these promotions were. Like he worked at like, like a fast food place, right? Uh, Wasn't that like his his I job love- he said he used to have to support and- his wrestling? And and
0: what fast food place, so I know not to go. Cause I, I don't know if I'd want Darby Allen making my my burgers, you Sammy know. Sammy Guevara. Oh Sammy, I'm sorry. Okay. This is Sammy. Yeah. Darby worked at the 99 cent store, of course. Okay.
3: Yes, yeah. They all had shitty jobs before wrestling. And he said that uh he told all his bosses that they can shove their offers up their ass. I mean to be mm. like, you know, the the head like French fry operator, I guess. Mm. <laughs> And he says, <laughs> a French kid, fry operator? Are you- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what is like if he was entry level. I mean, I, I had to do that once. So,
0: yeah, was, didn't you work at New York? Fries? I, I was a
3: French fry operator.
0: Yep, that's right. Yes. New any, York any, fries. Uh, like, what was like training? Any any tips you, you'd give
3: to future French fry operators? Um, always clean out the oil every other day. Don't don't let it sit for a week. It's really mm-hmm. gross. It Maybe and if you want to ask people, I can tell you the temperatures as well. Like you want it, you know. You
0: still remember the temperatures to this day?
3: <sighs> I think it was. I think it, it would be three stages. You would have to put the fries through the first one. I believe was uh, was it 325? three twenty five
0: temperature? Like so, three
3: fries. Yeah, you, you go through fries. three stages before you the wow. fries are prepared and made. Yeah, that's why they're so good. Yeah. They so, were, do you um,
0: season them as well yourself when you do all that?
3: If I, if I had to, yeah. Do you cut the potatoes yourself, or is that... Oh, yeah, there was a fry machine. Like, the little, wow. like, the, the thing you just... I did so What do you do? Like, you peel,
0: you, you peel it yourself, and then you 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 cut it yourself?
3: You don't... You didn't have to peel them, but you did have to rinse them. Like, these they things come, are disgusting. They yeah. come
0: in pre-peeled, and you gotta clean them off.
3: No, they're they're, they're peeled. You you could peel them. You didn't have to. It was... <laughs> Excuse me? Why not?
0: I guess, usually, like, you could eat it with the skin. You just have to wash it. How... It, now, the, to be honest, the, how...
3: How careful were you with the washing? Very careful because I didn't want Very someone good. to die and it'd be on my watch. That would get taken out of my paycheck.
0: See, so. If you were working at, at, the, at the stand, I would gladly choose your fries over Darby ones or Sammy's.
3: Well, then they came over and they said, Hey, do you want to be the French fri the potato distributor for your, your group? And I said, you know what? I have dreams. So <laughs> shove it up your ass. And I walked out all that experience. And yet, the man still hasn't tried a poutine gone. I actually did get an They Towards the end, they they said, do you want to become the treasurer of this movie theater? So I'd be in charge of all the money. And wow. yeah, they presented it to me. They're like, this is a big step up for you. And I said, that's funny. Here's my 30 days notice. And I I gave my notice because I just got a job at a radio station. My real my real passion. There you go. And, and I was no bidding war for John Paul. No, I said, shove it here. Hmm. House of Black against AR Fox, Grand Metalik, and Blake Christian uh, for the Trios Championship that took place inside of the Thunderdome uh <laughs> so you're speaking of the lighting of course. i was writing As, this down i looked up and i thought i was. i thought we were in the thunderdome for a minute a lot of people like this this lighting so i'm not i'm not here to bag on it so, the so, lighting has not grabbed me yet but it's it's not a turn off either so
0: i'm in the middle. so last week they only did the spotlight on the ring and there were complaints from several people including i like this your... more
3: than the, the other to me it looked too much like just an empty house show and this yeah. this just looks like a Like you're on a trip or something.
0: I think this looks like, you know, a a barrel of fries inside a fryer at New York fries. John, I kind of felt like tonight was a little too distracting. I personally like the more raw nature of that single spotlight. Look, but we'll see what the discourse
3: is afterwards. And I'm I'm assuming they will keep this
0: for the time being.
3: The dealer's choice. One man in one man out. But it doesn't require a tag, even though we had constant tags in this match i mean everyone they were tagging right. although uh, towards the end they weren't uh Metalik and uh, blake christian hit dives to the floor and then fox did a springboard inverted sent on to the floor but missed the 450 on buddy matthews gets hit with the stomp and then buddy matthews uh borrowing uh applies the prism trap of rear yeah
0: shout shout out to mommy
3: and then king uh, we get a triple submission here because as the prism trap is applied, Brody hangs Blake Christian from the apron in a in a choke, and Malachi Black applies the knee bar and met on Metal League. So it was the cool visual with all three champions having submissions applied, and the bell rang in five minutes and 18 seconds, which not one of your like crazy insane trios matches, but it was um short, quick, and they packed a lot into the five minutes they had
0: showcase for house of black uh so the acclaimed match is not booked yet
3: oh is that not on the pay-per-view no i guess not
0: i don't think so let me just double check right now because i think they would have mentioned it if, it if it was and i think we would have seen some interaction with the acclaimed they could set uh, that up
3: on rampage potentially yeah i, I don't why, have a list here why wouldn't you
0: why wouldn't you do it tonight
3: if that's the case?
0: I, I, I anyway. I, I at this point, I, I'm I'm willing to, to bet it might be for for afterwards. Um, because I don't think you you would have had House of Black appear on TV on the Go Home show and not do something with the acclaimed. Um, so well,
3: maybe we have a reason to wait for Friday night's edition of Rampage now that the Panthers have swept the Carolina Hurricanes with a overtime goal. Okay.
0: So So what time 10 o'clock
3: rampage should be on pending any issues. It should be on Friday at 10 now because there's no, there's no NHL for Friday night to bump them.
0: All right. So there you have
3: it. Set your DVRs. We continue. And they went through the elites reunion last week, bunch of countdown clips that were thrown in and we go backstage to the BCC. Brian Danielson says that we have two objectives this week. The first is for Claudio and Yuda to win the ROH tag titles tonight. The second is anarchy in the arena in the Arena, to end the elite. Take it away, John. Moxley says, we are the elite and we are the best in the world. And I'm not here trying to sell you something, although he was selling us on something. He puts up his hand and my hand isn't shaking when I, when I make that proclamation. Fans part their money to watch the greatest sport in the world, and no one does it better than us. This is the major leagues, and are you willing to stand in the line of fire and deliver when it counts? This Sunday, it will count. In a storm of violence, we will stand calm, ready, take aim, and fire, and you will see the difference between professionals and amateurs. This guy, this guy's my promo of the year. John Moxley is as consistent as it comes, and on this night, he had a great one at the end of the show. On top of this, but this this Mm -hmm. was everything you want on a go home show. And dude, John Moxley to me was the MVP of the show because he sold me on this pay per view and how violent this match is going to be. He was incredible.
0: Mm -hmm. Even though Brian Danielson has kind of taken on, you know, like a a leader ship type of role or at least you know speaking type of role um moxley continues to be the best promo of the group and maybe even the best promo in the entire company um and he, he for all me. but he all but needed you know two minutes here to really kind of prove that that uh fact i mean um just ultra serious and like you do a great job of recapping john i think you're the best at, at it okay best in the world arguably i can't um,
3: i can't get his like his tone and but it, his inflection but his
0: His delivery is unmatched. Like, you know, those words on a paper with a lesser, um, you know, uh, talented sort of promo person is it it would just not work. But the way like he he talks like a real, you know, cowboy in a Western movie and he does it just off the cuff. I imagine um, nails it every single time. Just a great, great promo.
3: Just needs a gas mask. (laughs) Cowboy hat. Like it's, it's unbelievable Vegas. when you, when you see, yeah, you're right. Or was that, was that Atlantic city? I forget. Oh, I, I don't know. I've put it on my mind. MJF comes out and he insults Las Vegas, insults Guevara and Darby. He wants, he wants Guevara to keep his tongue hanging out and put it into a light socket. And he wants Darby to try and climb Mount Everest with his shoelaces untied and for Perry to be thrown into an echo chamber and speak so that he can bore himself to death. He knows how important this match is. It's the main event, and it doesn't get more homegrown than the four of us. And we didn't have the cheat code of being on national television prior to AEW. And people didn't know them four years ago. And we have given you the best matches, the best moments. We aren't just a part of AEW. We are AEW and he doesn't want to be AEW anymore. He's kind of bored and sick of this place and the lack of competition. He's sick of fans not respecting him and brings up his contract coming due and says that he's wrestling three other guys where he doesn't have to be pinned to lose the title says that's not a coincidence with this contract coming due. So it's the idea that Tony Khan needs to get this belt off of him. And maybe I'm going to take my ball and go home because this is my ball. I earned it, and I've run with it faster than anyone can keep up with me. No one is on the level of the devil. So this was the first part. The second part, Darby Allen comes out. But I thought that this was a very um, – it's a tough spot for MJF to be in because – In most cases, like he comes in and he just goes all guns blazing against his opponents. But it is like he needed to build those three up in this promo while still staying true to his MJF persona. And I thought that's it's a very difficult balancing act that he he had to be tasked with here, because I think, you know, he all but said, I'm a minus 5000 favorite for a reason. And I Mm -hmm. have to convince you to lay some money on these other three. It's also difficult
0: to really direct your attention against three other opponents and splitting your attention and your promos and your ammunition to three separate ways. Um, this has
3: been built up as like three on one. It's like, yeah, any one of us can win this title. The goal is to get it off MJF.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, I think that coupled with maybe the whole detour with the Sammy Guevara pairing, I, I feel like has um, had this storyline lose a little bit of steam Um MJF here, I think, tried to do a bit of a reset of his own character by reminding us of that or of um, 2024 storyline. But even that feels at this point pretty cold, especially when it's been replaced in real life by real life drama with a person who has been threatening to leave this company. Um, so I don't know if that feels all that interesting right now, but I'm almost at this point looking forward to what's after this program for MJF to really kind of ramp that
3: up. Darby comes out interesting that of the challengers Darby was the one that got the live promo with MJF. Hmm. I think definitely was the person to do the live promo with and of the three I think clearly the like the best of the three tonight he says he's lost a lot in his life but hasn't lost his mind he graduated high school in 2011 as we all just um, felt a bit older with that statement and he was told to play it safe don't expect too much in life. What? What awful guidance counselors or whoever told him this on uh, his graduation? Here, here's your diploma. Yeah. Don't expect too much. This is where you peak. So it led to him cleaning toilets at a ninety nine cent store. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there were bathrooms at the dollar store. Yeah, I've
0: never went to a ninety nine. Like, I've, have you ever been to a dollar? i to ask for the bathroom.
3: Never. No. I don't know if they offer that. Well. I'm sure they were in immaculate condition. You just have to ask. He said he was meant to be wrestling. So he moved to Atlanta and lived in his car, telling himself he didn't deserve to live anywhere else until he makes it. AEW allowed him to make it, and no other company would let me skate with Tony Hawk or climb Mount Everest. I'm not a moldable puppet. I want to be the face of AEW, and therefore to become the face, I need to be the champion. And I am going to beat you. And maybe I'll do it with a headlock takeover. So MJF kicks him in the balls. Guevara runs down. MJF runs away to the ramp and Jack Perry comes out, clotheslining MJF, lifting up the belt. And that's our final segment with the four going into Sunday. I thought Darby did a very good promo here. And, you know, the end it's, they did not get this program to where I envisioned it being now that we are days away from the pay-per-view. But I think a lot of this, a lot of this is going to be remembered on the match, which I think is going to be unbelievable. Mm. And this number, like I am, I'm not expecting a low number for double or nothing. And that truly is like, they, I don't think they're going to get the lion's share of the credit if this is a very positive number, but they deserve some of it because this is the number two match absolutely
0: yeah i think it's a firm you know semi main event or um and, and remember like this has been the the bulk of the tv heading into this i mean um they've been building elite versus bcc but they they also never really uh confirmed the match until very late into the game um actually kind of same with this one but at least we've seen these interactions really uh, what for what like two months now this was um,
3: starting i want to say early march early to mid-march they were starting yeah. this
0: Mhm. Um I thought this was a pretty decent closing segment here. Um I think the feud has at least rebounded de- like decently from from that little detour. I also think like they're Really hinting at a Sammy swerve, um, that's going to take place with uh, at, at the end here with him turning back to heel and maybe taking NJF up on his offer. I hope they don't resort to that until late in, in the match, but it can add an interesting element and a wrinkle. Um, overall, I think it's been productive in giving the other pillars some airtime. Um, I think, however, Sammy's time in the spotlight is rather unfocused, especially like for people that might be watching All Access that are, um, like you start the question whether or not they're actually trying to push this guy as a baby face, like you see on all access or as a heel. And by the end of it, it feels kind of confusing. And I don't necessarily know if he's in a much better spot than he, when he was beforehand, jungle boy, I think has shown improvement, but still shows that he needs a lot of it in order to be in the conversation with an MJF or even a Darby. Um, and I think Darby, while he he's the best of the three, he's kind of blended into the pack and so i continue to ask the question like would this would this program have been more beneficial if you just solely focused on darby put the whole month's attention at least you know after that tournament for instance solely on a darby versus mjf program
3: i don't know if it would have been a giant increase in believability in the challenger but now having watched the build um and this is someone that typically does not like the multi-mans for a big title match, but I, I did like this because it was of the story that they had with these four, but you have to say that Darby certainly stood out the most of the challengers in all of his segments. I like, I don't think he had um like a bad week. In and we knew that the- kind of
0: going in that he, he was the most advanced, you know, uh, or at least, you know, the, the one with the best connection to the audience who could also talk and have incredibly memorable matches as well. But like you said, John, I think, the bulk of it, the memory of this match will be coming out of the, the match itself you know and, and if they steal the show at the end that's all everybody will remember and all of it will be elevated is this
3: one at all heightened with the announcement of chicago and the idea that the, this pay-per-view mjf retains and then you know lights go out and we get sympathy for the devil and then on the screen there is the mask and he unmasks and there is there is phil
4: hmm. hi max
3: i'm back
0: um, I I think it would be a great way to generate buzz. But I, would that me- indicate uh Punk going directly for MJF and the title? Is that the program you're going to go to right away?
3: I mean, it's 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 one possibility. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you would go
0: to Punk versus MJF unless you're going to have him win or even headline. And I don't know if he- uh, uh Punk headlining. Well, I guess All Out would be like the next big one, and that could be an MJF uh, Punk match.
3: We'll get to more with Punk with the announcement. They previewed the ladder match. Um, more more comments. Pro- uh, we just had Arn and Wardlow talking about all the damage that Wardlow can do with a ladder. And Arn stating four days as he made the, uh, the horseman sign. Taya Valkyrie against Lady Frost. Lady Frost has been doing ROH matches. Got an entrance here. And... They go through the break and lady frost ends up hitting her with the snowball fight. And then a tornillo cross body Taya lands a spear and Jade Cargill, Layla gray and Mark Sterling are out They're cheering on lady frost. And after Taya hits a, a curb stomp, she's signaling for road to Valhalla, but then like gets distracted, like, like mouthing off to like Jade. So we just get a pause. There's a head head kick by frost, but then Taya comes back with a knee strike backbreaker and road to Valhalla for the win. And Sterling holds back Jade Cargill ahead of Sunday's TBS title match. When I say I
0: feel bad for all the Rampage um, time slot bouncing around, I was specifically thinking about this feud because really the bulk of it all has all taken place on Rampage, uh, with you know that the exception being that Jade versus Taya match um, that took place on Dynamite. And uh, for that reason, it feels like if you're only watching Dynamite, which I am at this point. Um, feels like i'm only kind of seeing snippets of of what exactly this is and it's a simple enough program you know what she she wasn't able to use the move now she's able to to use the move okay great i can't exactly say i'm that excited for the match um nor do i necessarily see a, a, a possibility of title change do you john
3: um most likely not no although i i think we are getting to the point now where i, th- I think you need to be, I mean, we've been saying for a long time, I, I would say Ty is like the most compelling challenger they, they've built to this point. Right. I, I So
0: I was glad at least to see this get some time on, on Dynamite. Um, I hope that this becomes Jade's best pay-per-view match. I, I think she's had like impressive appearances, but I think we've also been creating a lot of those performances on a curve because she's somebody who's incredibly inexperienced holding a championship on a show with like decades long veterans um, on, on pay-per-views with decades long veterans. And she's really great seated expectations in that sense. But can she come out of a pay-per-view with what's, what would be a talked about buzzed about memorable match? And I think Taya gives her one of the best chances.
3: And then the announcement from Tony Khan that, uh, was taped in the back or or done live, but anyway, it was a backstage announcement from Tony Khan stating that the first edition of Collision will in fact take place from the United Center in Chicago. And you heard the the cheers when Chicago was announced. You could make out a a CM Punk chant uh, as this began, but no announcement of CM Punk that they are keeping that. Uh, close to the vest i guess but this all but is your your wink and a nod and i would be very surprised if we go into june 17th without that announced they have a lot of incentive to get his name out there and maybe that is um an added expectation for the pay-per-view that they have a reveal of cm punk coming back
0: well given the idea reportedly last week was that he was going to be announced as part of the upfront and that he was going to be a part of this entire promotion, especially when you have these collision shows that aren't doing so well and are probably going to be in need of that extra boost with CM Punk attached to all the shows. What do you think was the thinking of not announcing Punk tonight?
3: What is the, did they put the on sale date on the, on the graphic for the, I think United they said State Friday this Friday. Yeah. I would think that they are going into Friday with the idea of, what is, what is the first day going to be? Do enough people already expect Punk just by announcing Chicago? Mm-hmm. And they've got – and if, if it's below expectations, you can throw his name out on the Sunday. I mean that was – they do have that option mm-hmm. of seeing like what – maybe – they're going to sell a ton of tickets on friday because everyone is still going to believe like why would they run chicago without punk mm. um it's, they might, it's not like the wind trust arena which granted is dynamite and rampage four days later not like that one do is doing gangbusters d- during this whole time either yeah but that that's could- another one to watch as well if people uh because that's not even a guarantee he would be on that show though you would think um yeah. Both days in Chicago, you would want him
0: at this point. If you you've kind of missed the value of like having him being announced as part of the upfronts, like damage, you know, arguably has already been done. Well, then why not wait until the pay-per-view so that you can generate more buzz coming? Like like you have a great pay-per-view topper, a pay-per-view closer that you can you know, get all those headlines from. Um, maybe there's a thinking that like, hey, we don't necessarily want the punk news to dominate interest going into double or nothing I mean, they could have, uh, of course, you know, had Tony Khan promote an announcement at Double or Nothing, huge announcement about who's going to appear on the first edition of Collision uh, happening at Double or Nothing. Um, but I think at this point, like, if you know, you pretty much know that like AEW probably wouldn't be booking the United Center unless that th- they were confirmed. And let's be honest, like, the, the the media is is kind of already doing the job of announcing Punk for
3: for them anyway. Um, so. And Thursday, you will get at least a bit of an indication if some of these collision dates move tickets because you are now naturally going to, if you're assuming punk for Chicago, then you're assuming him for Toronto. You're assuming him for Hamilton. Mm -hmm. You're assuming him for all the collisions. And if, and if a bunch of tickets move on Thursday, that's probably a really good sign for Friday at the United center um although it's still not a
0: guarantee like i know punk is supposed to be sort of like the the poster child of this brand but is, is it a guarantee that he's going to be on every single show we also know that, like at least rumors are that you know these rosters aren't going to be uh, subject to like a hard brand split and sometimes you might still see punk on a dynamite it's not necessarily a guarantee he'll be on every collision
3: there's still a lot of questions that will be all, all centered around uh cm punk a, a, as well uh between now and you know it, i think in In perpetuity, people are going to have those questions about this whole return and and this run. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll be to me at at some point you let the name out. I don't see them going into June 17th unless they just sell out the United Center, in a in a matter of days. Mm. And then maybe they believe, you know what, we we didn't have to throw that card out.
0: Yeah, there are certainly a lot of questions regarding punk, a lot of questions regarding collision among them.
3: I think chiefly for Canadians is where can you watch Collision? Well, I think, way, that it is going to be the question that I am asked uh more than you, you could imagine. Um that and, and what does VPN stand for? <laughs> what it is, you- is a virtual private <laughs> network, way? If
0: you are one of those people who might be living in the country that I live in or another country and you don't exactly know where you might be able to watch Collision, I think it would be a pretty safe bet that you'd be able to find it through some sort of online means and how, how best to access some of those online means that might be geo-blocked in your country than with the use of a VPN. And how about the best VPN that's out there, the best v- VPN that, that man has made? NordVPN, thank you to the sponsor of the show, NordVPN. A very big fan of this service. I use it all the time, including tonight, to watch tonight's edition of AEW because I'm in Canada, yet I'm able to access. AEW Plus on fight. I get to watch all the shows live, commercial-free, and uncensored. Every edition of Dynamite and Rampage in the back catalog is also available. So those of you may be upset that this thing isn't a part of a, a, a max deal, at least as yet, you can get archives of all Dynamites and all Rampages through AEW Plus. You can even pause and rewind, which is an invaluable skill for me. Uh, you can also use Nord, of course, to purchase subscriptions and even pay-per-views at a reduced price through places that might offer them cheaper. It's really not difficult to figure out and it's already paid for the cost of my Nord subscription many times over. Uh, You can even book flights, rental cars, hotels from different places that may offer cheaper prices. All this plus Nord's robust security features, protect your internet browsing from ISPs, trackers, hackers access geo-blocked content and escape speed limits imposed by your internet provider. Sign up through NordVPN.com slash post wrestling, where post listeners can receive a discount on all plans plus their current offer four extra months on top of all two year subscriptions, or three extra months on top of all one year subs. That's about $3.17 a month for a 28 month plan. Nord also offers a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't like it within a month, Tell them you want your money back, and that is it. Again, NordVPN.com/proswrestling. Let them know that you found out about them through us. Our thanks again to Nord for their supportive post.
3: And thank you, Mr. Ting. Marvez interviewed Hangman Page and asked about the status of his friendship with the Elite, and said it's always been different between me and Kenny. We were never best friends, but we were always family. And he lists off all the injuries that the BCC have uh, put on the Elite, and the price is blood. And the price will be paid on Sunday. So everyone in this match, they're promising a violent spectacle on Sunday. More to come. Shivani hosts a contract signing. So Adam Cole is out with Roderick Strong. The JAS come out. And by signing the contract, AEW is not responsible for what could happen. This is a personal contract between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. Cole could not eat or sleep trying to figure out why Jericho attacked him and Britt Baker. Maybe it's because you're a scumbag a disgusting human being, but he believes Jericho thinks he's invincible, but you're not invincible. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. The blood will be on my hands and I like it that way. So sign the paper, bitch. And Jericho Mm -hmm. states that your head injury must be affecting your memory. So he replayed the attack on Britt Baker and asked what kind of a man would allow that to happen. So strong is holding back Cole, calls him a coward and that he can't beat the Ocho. And notes to Adam Cole, it's five on two. We have the numbers advantage. And Cole says, you're right. So that's why I made a call to someone in Las Vegas. Someone I idolized growing up who's crazier than all five of you. And I I immediately thought of Mike Tyson. I thought he was bringing up Mike Tyson here. But no, it's the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu. Sabu comes out and If you look closely here, he had a photo of a Melissa Coates around his neck. This was his girlfriend that died uh, two years ago, formerly with uh, WWE and had this around his uh, neck and then came out and he just starts throwing chairs and he is going to be in the corner of Adam Cole. He was listed as the special enforcer and got a pretty good pop coming out here. And I mean, I was saying to myself what this contract signing needs Sabu. Imagine if he had shown up for Trish and Becky Lynch on Monday.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think a perfect fit in, uh, as a replacement for Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish in the undisputed era, uh, is, is Sabu. You know, the, I think it's, it's been a dream pairing. We've wanted for a long time. Yeah. Not the name I expected when Cole brought up a surprise. Uh, I also didn't realize he was living in Vegas. I mean, I guess that really could be a, a wide number of people, but Sabu wasn't the person I was immediately thinking of. Um, but I think it, I think it's a fun little like nostalgia thing, you know. Like uh, especially, are in, we going to get Jericho sort of against
3: Sabu on TV?
0: Not in a one-on. I, I mean,
3: is he still wrestling? I don't even know. He can, he he will he will do a match if necessary.
0: Like, is he doing a Sabu match?
3: I'm doing all this. What fun. is a Sabu match in 2023? I
0: mean, it's oh, like, like Arabian Facebusters. Like, is he is he doing crazy shit off of like chairs and everything?
3: I mean, it's um. Okay, so I mean, his last a, match was in
0: 2021,
3: John yeah I mean you you could get by on a TV match of just throwing chairs at people
0: yeah which is a, as much as I'm expecting him to do. I, I mean knowing this guy he he's probably going to do maybe more than we're expecting, but I don't think a one-on-one match is necessarily in the cards, but hey, anything's possible?
3: Aew women's title match preview. Tony Storm told Jamie Hader, "I'm going to rip your arm off the bone and eat it raw." That's a threat. This is gonna be a very yeah. violent pay-per-view if that happens. Yeah, how are yeah. you gonna follow that? Rip an um, arm off and eat it. <laughs> Not yeah. enough to rip it. I'm then I'm gonna eat it in front of you. What would
0: Nick? What would Nick Khan say? Maybe giving him ideas for the third
3: hour. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that would be the the, the adult entertainment uh, coming up. Someone loses an arm around ten forty five. Daniel Garcia and Roderick Strong. This was another ECW tribute. We had these guys out, so we just went right into the match since they were out for the contract segment. Uh, They're they're chopping each other pretty heavy. Crowd was down during this match. Garcia's doing his dance, which Taz compared to Alex Wright. And then he goes for the Dragon Tamer. Strong breaks it and comes back with end of heartache and wins the match. So two wins in a row uh, with last week's False Count Anywhere match. And yes, they state that Sabu will be with adam cole and roderick strong on sunday so i'm sure he's going to be doing at least some spot in that match if not more oh yeah
0: yeah i think so too um crowd was cold for this one and i wondered mm-hmm. if, if that would have been helped it's like maybe you had some of the principal characters at least be around the ring give some interaction the way this was kind of positioned it, it, it kind of felt like um the party was over and all like the cool people are already Gone, long gone. Yet,
3: like when Sabu you know, leaves the party, I mean, it's it's yeah. time to wrap things up.
0: But the new guy is still here. You know, the new guy from out of town who just you know uh, showed up. He's he's still kind of lingering around. So that might have helped things. But I mean, this was also you know towards the end of the show, so that might have been the reason as well.
3: They run down the pay per view card and also aired a quick video package of Willow Nightingale defeating Mercedes Monet, making her AEW debut. Is that the headline? Mercedes debuts on AEW programming. Um, It it was short. I was glad they fit this into the show and didn't let it just go. I mean, it was, you know, you're you're pushing everything towards the pay-per-view. Willow has nothing to do on the pay-per-view though. I, w- I would put her at least on on the buy in or something getting getting her on the show I would think but
0: I um, really think her we'll big see. push should be yeah I, I think the buy ins a really good idea I also think like coming out of um uh um double or nothing and the push towards forbidden doors she should be a principal focus and I know they probably still have to build something with um Jamie Hayter but I, I I mean considering she's the new Japan Pro like strong champion and she's also an AEW contracted wrestler they should be using her and promoting her as much as they can tonight i thought was a really good sign because they could have gone ahead and not promoted anything because from all accounts this was not supposed to be a a week that you were supposed to feature willow um the fact that they did gives me a lot of hope that they are going to use this to their advantage
3: yeah, I mean, just the fact that they put the package in, I mean, I was glad they didn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Right before the main event, um, here's the lineup for Rampage. So tentatively airing Friday night, it has Rush Tralistico and Preston Vance against Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. So maybe we get uh, a setup for the trio's titles. Britt Baker and Hakaru Shida against Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Ethan Page and the Guns in Action and the Best Friends against Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Uh, This sounds like a lineup that did not know what night of the week it was going to be airing when it was constructed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Main event time, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta challenging the Lucha bros for the ROH tag titles with Brian Danielson on commentary. And he explains how BCC they've been practicing three quarter Nelsons. I don't know how many three quarter Nelsons we're going to see on this most violent match in AEW history on Sunday. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know if Box was necessarily promising the most violent three-quarter Nelson you're ever going to see. Although, Uh, we'll see. We'll see, John. Maybe this was like a subtle tease, and like we'll see like a barbed
3: wire three-quarter Nelson. So um, it's funny because this book that I've been reading, it's uh, an ECW press book. It's called The Wrestler's Wrestlers. I've had this for a while, so I just started reading it. And of all things, like just yesterday, okay, I'm going through, and one of the photos – is uh, they do a profile on William Regal, and the caption is William Regal applying a three quarter Nelson on CM Punk. Very interesting. I mean, the two people that would have uh, a tie to uh, one Brian Danielson. I mean, look hmm. at that interesting. So, maybe, maybe this is the, the whole subtlety of the three quarter Nelson reference way, could Moving be. On. Phoenix was amazing in the, in this match. I mean, he was just terrific here, especially when he was in with Claudio. But th- this was a very fun match. Uh, giant swing by Claudio onto Phoenix with the sit out drop kick by Yuta, and then he stopped a Ricole bomb with a code red uh claudio drops phoenix onto yuda after being struck there's a destroyer with penta leaping off the back uh, onto claudio and then danielson is explaining after a phoenix driver is delivered to yuda that they're training their necks they train their necks so we can kick out of holds like that i bet the elite aren't training their necks like that uh there's a rocket launcher crowd is chanting uh miedo and then a uppercut from claudio from the floor connects with phoenix the referee is dealing with Alex Abrahantis on the apron when the young bucks come out from underneath the ring, yanking Claudio, and it leaves Yuta to take the, uh, the double stomp into the fear factor as the champions retain in 10 minutes and 27 seconds. But a uh, very fun main event uh, I, I found between the four of them and you tie it into anarchy in the arena with the bucks coming out. And that would lead to one more promo from John Moxley to get the audience to part with their money.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good TV match. I, I have to be honest in saying that I was kind of tired for it, um, by this point, and it was maybe a little bit more difficult to focus on it because it felt so separated from the main story of the month and of this particular show, which is everything headed towards Double or Nothing. This really was just kind of put out there as like, hey, a good TV match. Uh, you'll get some, you know, blending into the like the the main the the Double or Nothing uh, uh match later on, but that was kind of it.
3: And Moxley just tells them, tells the Bucks to smile, take all the photos you can, FaceTime your family while they still recognize you because you and your weak ass friends are going to get plastered on Las Vegas Boulevard, which he means violently. I don't think this would be the group to uh, get plastered, the elite on Las Vegas Boulevard. He promises the wildest and most violent match in the history of AEW. And if you're squeamish, buckle up. Well, what is currently the most violent match? Oh boy, um, Moxley and Hangman was pretty damn violent. Omega and Moxley was pretty violent. Um, but more, I'm thinking I one know. of the women's matches. Yeah,
0: yeah they've they've had some, some like Rosa hats. versus Baker was that like a pretty bloody one? I'm trying to think. I mean, have you seen the stills of that video game?
3: <laughs> yeah, the, it's, the a, blood, it's a it's mode? a special paint. It, it's a painting match. The, the, yeah it's a very special type of blood yeah i mean they got their teen rating so i guess it, it satisfied the uh the rating system mm-hmm. uh but it's a pretty high bar when you're promising the most violent match and i think that john moxley has every intent to deliver on this promise on on sunday and can they beat storm
0: versus hater though with the live cannibalism we don't know what's in
3: moxley's head i mean that mm. I how mean, do you beat cam cannibalism um i don't know you rip a jaw out and floss your teeth i don't know i I don't know what's, what he has planned for, for this, but I'm sure they're going to have some some pretty insane ideas for this. I mean, this is either this headlines the show or this is going to be a hell of a match to have to follow. I mean, this mm. does feel like the main event going into Sunday.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it it really is. Um, But I don't think it'll close the show. I think Tony will stick to his guns and put the put the four on i mean i think it very much even like the the idea of like the four of them being able to say we made a and we've somehow followed anarchy in the arena is already a feather in the cap of those four i could see this maybe being yeah i, I could see them putting this in the set by me you know i, I think they're that bold to, to and that confident in the four to four pillars to deliver so yeah
3: We will now open it up. If you want to get in any super chats, you are welcome to do so. And we will go to your feedback on the forum, uh, which a quick note, ask away. Our monthly mailbag show will be out on Thursday for all Post Wrestling Cafe members. You have a couple of hours. You can still get in your questions. Just submit them on the thread, on the forum, and we will get to them on Thursday. So that is postwrestlingcafe.com or video.postwrestling.com to get Ask Away, as well as all of our bonus shows, including Friday night's Rewind to Smackdown, uh, which will include a preview of Night of Champions. And we're going to call the Audible. We will do a double or nothing preview on Friday night. Let's. Uh, we, we've been going lengthy tonight. So uh, double pay-per-view previews on Friday along with a SmackDown review.
0: All right. Let's go to our feedback here from forum.postwrestling.com. And we start things off here with Robbie from London, Ontario. I'll start things off, John. He says, fun dynamite, but a quick note. Was that the most dated anti-impact promo of all time? Is Dax aware Dixie hasn't been in the boss in six or seven years and that it hasn't been TNA in five or six? Let's go, Jarrett and Lethal, LOL.
3: Yeah, um, I think that was kind of the charm of it. And no offense, I think Dixie Carter was going to get the desired reaction more than a, you better call up the king of the mountain, Ed Nordholm. (laughs) <laughs> for job security i don't know if, i don't know how much las vegas would have necessarily reacted to that like dixie carter is so synonymous with and so is especially, tna as much as impact um i think that was part of it is like
0: especially the the Jarrett uh connection and the lethal connection you know yes. um and i i would also say like if if you're gonna make fun of of, of that particular company like that era kind of still has that stench whereas
3: i think impact but the of today, current one is not going to get a negative reaction it's I a think. company they work with You know, so yeah, I don't think you I mean, granted all those promos were uh, Tony Khan belittling them, but nonetheless, yeah, you're very much right. It does not have the same uh, negative connotation. Jordan from the Bronx. When Adam Cole said that he knew a wrestler from Las Vegas, I thought he was talking about the Godfather. I mean, could have (laughs) Sabu is the person from my mind to even be involved in an Adam Cole or Jericho program. Sometimes AEW does random and it works, but this was a shark jump moment for me. Um, I don't, I didn't think it was like this overwhelming giant, like everyone went nuts for Sabu, but I, I did not see it as a, uh, I, am I, more curious to see how they, they utilize them on the pay-per-view and if it, uh, is, is something that works for the audience and they have something clever for them laid out.
0: I I, Yeah, I haven't really been kind of following online buzz so much, but like, I I don't really sense that this is like a groan inducing sort of like return, you know, like he's not involved in a match. He's not involved in a program. He's really just going to be what an enforcer in a hardcore match, which I think kind of like, you know, open paves the path for him. He has like, like some connection to Chris Jericho um, through ECW, I would assume.
3: Mm -hmm. So it was a little confusing in the sense that you know it was established he would be in the corner of Adam Cole in the graphic, it's Jericho and Cole, and he's in the middle, and it's listed special enforcer, right? Anyway. Mm. Glad that they aired the Willow Nightingale clips. She's a star on the cusp of something special, and this package goes a long way in positioning her as a top player in the company. I'm glad that we finally seem to have gotten our answer regarding punk. All of the drama has really soured me on a lot of individuals. It's unfortunate that this happened, but hopefully everyone can finally move forward and create great television. Who would your first challenger for the AEW title be after the pay-per-view? My prediction is an MJF win with Adam Cole making his challenge next. I think that's probably the prevailing thought most are expecting.
0: Is. So what are we saying? Like, are we talking about TV? Are we talking about forbidden door? Are we talking talking about all in or all out? You know, like what, what are we talking about? You
3: have Earth a lot coming. of shows. You need you know several challengers coming up i don't know what involvement you have mgf necessarily involved with forbidden door i would want him on that show in some capacity and that would not be your next aew title defense at least against an adam cole or whoever your challenger is um you know it, it you might want him to do a match on on a collision yeah like it's a rare yeah. enough thing for him wrestling on television that that would be something on like one of those first weeks to to have him on, and then it's yeah, and then it's on to I guess like you're all in uh, opponent.
0: Yeah, a first real program. I, I I think Adam Cole feels like a really good candidate right now. Um, the th- 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 thing is though, like is MJF going to hold the belt? Would you want MJF to hold the belt throughout all these shows? Would you want him to hold it for all in and, and for all out? A lot of people have been wanting to see Sting versus MJF. Um, it's very possible. I think it, it would be very attractive, but I, I like it might be a bit of a long shot. So where does exactly does like an, an Adam Cole f- fit in? And more importantly, like you suggested, would a CM punk fit in somewhere? And where
3: would you slot all these things? I would say like punk going for the title the week after all in, I mean, if you're going to come back with a pay-per-view after after all-in, like Punk going for the title in Chicago is about as strong a main event as you could go with seven days later.
0: And so would you have MJF defend at all-in or, or would you have a, a, the title not even at stake on that show?
3: No, I think you could do both. You pair him with someone that it's it's meaningful, whoever takes takes on punk let's after.
0: do the sting match you know let's let's say sting okay uh you retire or you get the title or you never get challenge for the title again something punk has
3: the connection much. to both you could do yeah. that it's a believable enough uh story of, okay. of sting winning or mjf winning either way you have right. a a big main event for chicago the week after they do have quite a number or of bill
0: options. goldberg
3: um yeah i mean to be honest wardlow should be bill goldberg by this point after destroying mjf last year he is far from bill goldberg yeah (laughs) and maybe this latter match rehabilitates him a, a little bit further um so you have that as well uh let's go to kate from montreal
0: Kate says, very solid dynamite, but I don't know if it did enough to move a lot of last minute ticket sales. The wrestling was very good, but the atmosphere suffered a lot from one of the most disinterested audiences in dynamite history. Bet they wish they could have brought last week's crowd with them. As someone who's become a big Aussie Open fan in the last year, I was thrilled to see them get the graphic, even though it's slightly dampened by the knowledge that we won't be getting the Forbidden Door match with FTR I so desperately wanted. I was also happy to see them highlight Willow's win, especially since the moment itself was dominated by the injury to Mercedes. Do you see any of the titles changing hands on Sunday? I think Tony and maybe Christian could win, but I could also see all the current champs retaining.
3: I'm gonna say no on Wardlow. Um Tony Storm winning from Jamie Hayter. Yeah, I could I could see that potentially, unless you want Jamie Hayter as the champion going into all in but her challenging as well or uh, in something else um. it's very possible
0: I guess I just don't know how it necessarily um helps the story other than you know maybe just sort of a like does this like is the story ultimately going to be Baker versus Hater? or is that like so far down the line at this point that we're not even going to get to it you know um I see Hater keeping it myself
3: yeah because Hater and Soraya would probably be your all-in match um hmm. yeah again that's that's a that's kind of a different dynamic that you have if uh Soraya is still a heel by then
0: i don't see the tnt title changing hands uh with wardlow versus christian cage um can you see the tag team titles changing hands to lethal and and, and Jarrett from ftr
3: no i don't think so wouldn't be the worst idea but i i, I don't see that one happening
0: don't really either i actually you know what like i think ft like lethal and Jer are pretty hot right now but ftr also are relatively new as champions I and mean, what are you going to next with ftr beyond
3: this Well, it was you were thinking aussie open but that one might might be on hold right and uh, yeah i mean I, <laughs> it's probably you're like probably gonna be goto and yoshihashi at forbidden door
0: right um and maybe for that reason ftr or,
3: or it could be evil and Yujiro. i mean that let's not <laughs> throw them out of the are, sorry are they currently champions they're they're wrestling at dominion for the vacant titles and, and do
0: we open know they up. would do a champion versus champion match
3: no it's just if you were going to be like everything pointed in the direction of aussie open as champions facing mm-hmm. FTR as champions and if you're taking out one team it would make sense you're putting in the new tag champions to do that showdown at, right. at dominion because it's not like they built up any other tag teams on the new japan side for ftr
0: I think it's very possible you don't get any title changes on this particular show.
3: All right. We will go through the whole card on Friday. So tune in, rewind to SmackDown. We will be going live at 10 PM Eastern time. Is that the plan on Friday? Yes, Yes. it's It's going to be a lengthy show on, on Friday. So uh, we will go over rampage results uh, at the end and you're welcome still to leave feedback to rampage if you would like on Friday night. So 10 PM Eastern we'll have a review of SmackDown and previews of night of champions and double or nothing so check out all of that also want to let people know about the latest edition of the wellness policy and way what were you guys chatting about this month
0: we had a chance to speak to Chris Duke who is a author of a children's book called Lucy's Blue Day Uh, and we had a chance to talk to him about children's mental health of which this book addresses and you know just talking a little bit about his own uh, inspiration for the book he he did it because of his daughter and uh it was a really interesting chat chris also has quite the connection to professional wrestling trained to become a uh to have one match in professional wrestling and uh, ended up talking to us about his incredible weight loss journey that also involved uh a number of television appearances as well so a uh, really fascinating chat and uh You can check that out right now for free at postwrestlingcafe.com or youtube.com slash postwrestling.
3: Thursday, we've got uh, the Ask Away Mailbag show for cafe members. And Friday, I will be live with Brandon Thurston at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be joined by Kareem Zidane of A Bloody Elbow and his own uh, substack, Sports Politica. He is going to be chatting about the WWE's relationship in saudi arabia as we go into night of champions and now over five years into their deal with the government of saudi arabia brandon and i will also react to tony khan's media call that he is holding on thursday afternoon so we will be covering that call and we will talk about it on friday with uh, brandon and myself so look out for all of those shows postwrestling.com is where you can go to follow all of the latest news and that is it for us goodbye